Welcome to the Kaha Club. Roll up. Let's take a rip. Let me tell you the world is yours. Yeah, bish. Hey, and I got the chat working on the video. Hell yeah. Yeah, so if you, uh, well, if you listen to this live, you'll see the chat live just on Mixer itself. Uh, but if you look at this later on, the video itself, you'll actually be able to follow the chat uh, through the video in case uh, people hop in. Know what I'm saying, you know, replying back to when they, when they actually hop in that bitch. Um, so with that being said, um, let's see. Yep, I'm live. Let's go. With that being said, I, uh, I'm i here. This is Kyle High Fight Club, number 31, which is still fucking weird. That's a large number as far as it's just talking fights for hours at a time. Um, but I'll be primarily t previewing UFC 250 uh, during this episode, which is between uh, the main event is between Amanda Nunes versus Felicia Spencer. Um, and a bunch of other fights, very good fights in there as well. Uh, but to start, I'm just going to kind of review and kind of gloss over my takeaways, I guess, from uh, UFC Fight Night between Tyron Woodley and Gilbert Burns. Um, as far as, you know, that main event fight, you know, Burns looked good. Uh, he looked legit. Uh, you know, I've seen him fight his last couple fights, and I thought, you know, this guy looks legit. Um, I could see him, you know, getting a title shot you know, with the next couple of years, um, he's even proven me even, I don't know about more right, but he's proven, I guess, even more to me, not that he has to prove anything to me, I'm a nobody, but, uh, he definitely deserves a title shot, you know, I don't know if he'll get it in his next fight, uh, just because there's so many guys in that pecking order, uh, and I don't know what Usman's doing, or who he's going to fight next, or what have you, um, so I don't know, but he, he's definitely out there. I mean, I think he was six coming ranked in. So the, obviously at least, you know, top five, if you just beat the number one, uh, contender, number one ranked contender, uh, as far as Woodley, I don't, he sounded really good in his, uh, post-fight speech. He was very humble, kind of admitted some of the mistakes he had, um, but I think he'll have a little more takeaways when he actually watches the film. He kind of fought the same way when he fought Usman. You know, he did get rocked pretty early by Burns, and that kind of probably drained his confidence and his adrenaline and his, you know, everything. It just takes the game plan, everything out the window, and you get dropped in the first couple minutes of a fight. Um, and, you know, he's pretty much defensive uh, for the remainder of the fight, you know, on his back foot, always backing up to the cage and kind of just looking for that right hand to end it. Um... But can't take anything away from Burns. He just fought a brilliant fucking fight. I and mean, if you look at the score here, uh, you know, it's 44-50, 44-50, 45-50, all for Burns. So that pretty much tells the story. Kind of same scorecard uh, that he had when he, when Woodley fought Usman. I think Burns actually did better versus Woodley because he actually stunned him and dropped him a few times. was close to finishing. Usman definitely put pressure on him and kind of fucking him up. Um, but I don't know if he was ever close to actually finish or stopping him. Um 
Black Boy Sakai was a decent fight. Uh, oh, Billy Cortino versus Spike Carlisle, Alpha Ginger. I thought Alpha Ginger definitely had that first round, just came out there crazy aggressive. Uh, he said it, and I think you know his opponents definitely say he's a first-round fighter. He tries to finish the first round. After that, who knows what the fuck happens. Um, a second round was a who to know what the fuck happens. Uh, Carlisle had his moments, but Cortino also, I think, kind of control the ring or the grappling you know a little more but you know carlisle was a little more explosive and had i guess bigger strikes but quarantino kind of controlled uh the round a little more uh all judges gave it to him that second round i i could give a toss-up originally at it for alpha ginger but i also put money on alpha ginger um so a little bias there and quarantino definitely had that third round um so i'm not mad at the decision all in all good fight uh, Roosevelt Roberts versus Brock Weaver. Um, it was a decent fight. Roosevelt Roberts just showed that he is just a superior fighter. Um, just more technical, longer. Um, you know, every time Bisping said this, uh, you know, on air as he was on the commentating team or whatever, um, you know, the straighter shots, the straighter punches will always get there before the looping or the hooking shots. Um, and especially if you're the longer, taller fighter. And that was pretty much the case here. And he was, he was so lightning fast. Uh, just Weaver couldn't ever touch him. He ended up submitted in there. Rear naked choke, round two. Uh, good fight. Mackenzie Dern got a fucking nasty knee bar versus Hannah Cyphers. Uh, Cyphers looked good. You know, was bringing the pressure uh, a lot there in the beginning of that first round. But she just stayed a little too close. Um, once Dern, you know, got on her back, Cyphers wasn't you know, disengaging. She probably should have, you know, hindsight is obviously twenty twenty. Um But, you know, Dern was on her back laying down, and Cyphers was kind of okay, you know, chilling around within, you know, playing with her guard, playing with her feet a little bit. Um, and she just stuck around there to, you know, for a couple seconds longer than she should have. Dern wrapped up that knee like she had done it hundreds of thousands of times which she has probably i don't know about hundreds of thousands that's a lot but definitely hundreds if not thousands um you know just wrapped up got the tap there um kaylin chukigian versus antonino shevchenko valentina's sister older sister um just domination completely by chukigian all judges had it 30 25 for all th uh, all three rounds all three judges um just superior grappling, and that's all it was. Kind of predicted that. I believe that was the only fight I got right as far as, uh, well, I bet on Burns, too. Uh, that Burns in this fight, I got everything else wrong. I think I bet on Weaver, I bet on Alpha Ginger, Black Oi. Got all three of those wrong. That was it. Uh, Rodriguez, Gabe Green. It was a decent fight. Jamel Hill came out and fucked up Klitson Abreu. Um, I liked. Jamal Hill, um, seen him fight contender series in his first couple fights in the UFC. Very athletic guy, very explosive. Uh, still very raw and kind of green in his technical abilities. More technical than me, obviously. Um, but um, Abreu, coming into this, said he saw a big hole in Hill's ground game. He was going to take him down and submit him. Never got that chance. Got knee in the face and knocked out. Um, that's a fight game. As far as the Tim Elliott, Brandon Roy Val fight, another loss for Tim Elliott, man. He got submitted by arm triangle round two. So 
who knows what goes from there. Uh, great showing by Roy Val. Uh, they get a big win over a big name guy. Uh, should propel him up in his career and probably get a let's say tougher challenger. But Tim Elliott's a fucking tough of a challenge for your. I think that might have been his UFC debut. If not his debut, then it was his second UFC fight. That's a crazy fight. So we'll see who fights next. Uh, between uh, this next fight, Louis Smoker, Casey Kenny. Uh, you know, good fight. Just, like I said, I think, you know, in the preview for this, uh, for this card, I think Casey Kenny's a top 15 guy easily. I mean, guillotine smoke around one smoke is a legit guy. Been around for a while in the UFC. He knows he's been a roster stable mate for, for a little while, for a couple of years. Um, Kenny, you know, disposed of him pretty easily around one there. I believe he knocked him down with strikes, uh, with punches at first and then off the top of them got that guillotine. Uh, which is really tight. It was nasty. Uh, Smokey had no other choice but to but to tap there. And that first fight, Chris Gutierrez and Morales. I was half asleep, so I didn't really watch that. Um, so yeah, that's it for the takeaways. The only thing is, is I guess wait to see who Woodley or Burns fight next. Um, and we got we won't know until fucking Usman. You know, is scheduled to fight somebody. He's going to fight Masvidal. You know, he's going to fight Colby Covington again. Is he going to fight Leon Edwards? I don't know what's happening. Everyone thought it was going to be Masvidal for the longest time, but um, haven't seen it. Haven't haven't seen a deal materialize or anything like that to this point. Um. What's up, girl? Gracie just walked in from outside. Yeah, so we'll see what happens. Um, kind of look forward to seeing who Woodley would fight next. I wonder, I don't know. There's some good matches up there, but it sounds like he wants to come back. Uh, so we'll see. But if he loses the next fight, I think he should probably retire. Um, as far as this card, UFC 250 taking place this weekend, June 6, 2020. Uh, they'll be having at the UFC Apex again in Las Vegas. Uh, early prelims. Uh, all all of these will be on uh, ESPN. All these fights will be on ESPN and ESPN Plus. You know, all the way from the early prelims to the pay-per-view main card and main event. Early prelims at 5 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Eastern. Prelims at 7 Central, 8 Eastern. And pay-per-view main card at 9 Central, 10 Eastern. Uh, as far as this card, I'm going to start from the bottom up because I actually did notes on this. I originally wasn't going to do notes, but then I looked at some of these cards, especially on the prelims and early prelims. Um, you know, I know most of these guys, at least by name, um, but I can't exactly remember who they lost, fight, fought, and stuff. So just save myself and yourself some time. Uh, just did a quick little look up on who they last fought and such so I can kind of rattle those off a little bit easier not having to click on links and waiting for them to load while I'm streaming and recording and blah 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 it's just a whole thing um but yeah anyways first fight of the night is actually a catchweight fight I believe at 150 pounds between Evan Durnham who's 18-8-1 in his overall career versus Herbert Burns who is the I think he's the younger brother of Gilbert but they seem pretty close in age. Um, and he is 10-2. and two. As I said, this will take place at 150. They don't 
well, they didn't have odds when I first came here, but now the odds are at plus 190 for Evan Durnham, minus 230 for Herbert, Herbert, Herbert for Herbert Burns. Um, as far as Evan Dunham, he's been around for a long time, veteran in this game, 38 years old, uh, currently training out of Extreme Couture there in Las Vegas. Um, he's 0-2-1 in his last three. Uh, loss versus French, he had two losses versus Francisco Trinaldo and Olivier uh, Aubin Mercier, uh, young French, or not French, uh, Canadian fighter, up and comer. Uh, and then had a draw versus Benil Daryush before that. Uh, so hasn't had a, uh, some wins in a while. And this is actually be his first fight in about two years. Uh, last fought in uh, September of 2018. So almost two years there. Um, and like I said, this man's been around for a long-ass time, Evan Durnham. Um, you know, debuted in the UFC back at UFC 95. And this is now 250. So fucking 100, what, 155 events later. Uh still fighting it's crazy uh overall in the ufc he's been 11 8 and 1 so kind of close to 500 fire there um fighting a hungry up-and-comer and herbert burns uh herbert the blaze burns uh 10 and 2 in his overall career 32 years old uh he was on uh, dana white's contender series season three week seven if you want to check one of those fights out uh, i believe he submitted the guy I want to say first round, but I can't remember. Uh, but he also won his USC debut and looked solid. You know, decent striking, just like his brother. And his jiu-jitsu is world-class, top of the food chain, uh, just like his brother. Um, I got burns all day in this fight. Uh, minus 230, though, I don't really... You know, I see him winning this fight. I don't want to say no matter what, but I'm leaning like 90, 95%. Um, but even at minus 230, as far as myself, I'm not... I, I myself am not betting, you know, hundreds of dollars on these fights, so I don't see too much of a great value here. Um, and if, you know, it's the fight game, nothing's 100%. Like I said, I'm 90 or 95%, even if I think the guy's going to win, you know, 10 out of 10 times, I'll still say 99% confidence because there's always that 1%. You can always get hit by one punch, and a lot of times... Maybe not a lot of times, but at least some of the times. That's all you need. Um, that is all you need sometimes. But uh, nonetheless, yes, I like Burns in this uh, in this matchup. As far as the next fight in the early prelims, <clears throat> we got Alonzo Minifield, who is uh, 9-0 overall in his career, undefeated. This uh, versus uh, Devin Clark, who is 11-4 in his career. Uh, this is a light heavyweight matchup. Uh, Alonzo Menafield is 32 years old. Uh, he's 2-0 and in the UFC, undefeated overall, so undefeated in the UFC. Uh, won his last uh, fight uh, versus Paul Craig and actually got a knockout there. Uh, he was also on the Contender Series uh, Season 2 Week 1. Uh, just strong, you know, if you're looking at the video here, strong fucking built dude. Uh, light heavyweight too, so 205 pounders, um, and he's fighting Devin Clark, Devin Brown Bear Clark, who's 30 years old. He trains out of Jackson Wink MMA, um, and he's been about a 500 uh, fighter since he's got in the UFC, five and four in the UFC. So all of, you know, he's 11 and four in his career, five and four in the UFC. All of his losses have came in the UFC. Um, 
So this might be, you know, I don't know where his contract is at, but this might be, not might be, I mean, every fight's a big fight. Your next, your biggest fight is always your next fight. Um, so this is a big fight for him, potentially, and big fight for Menafield, you know, versus a guy that's kind of 500 in the UFC, kind of facing, I guess, a bigger name guy. Uh, you know, the two wins he's had in the UFC, you know, besides versus Paul Craig, were in, um, you know, top-level guys, and, you know, Devin Clark's not a top-level guy either, but... He's at least had almost, you know, this would be his 10th fight. So, see how it goes. Guys are both six foot, reaches about the same. This will be a, Devin Clark likes to take it down more. Um, whereas Menfield, I'm pretty confident, likes to just stand up and bang. Stand up and strike. Uh, as far as odds, minus 230 for Menfield, plus 190 for Devin Clark. Uh, as far as the fight itself, I'm kind of leaning towards Menafield, but I do not like the minus 230 odds. Um, so, I mean, it's the same odds as the previous fight, minus 230 plus 190. Whereas Herbert Burns, I'm like 90, 95% confident in him winning. Menafield, I'm more at like 60, 65, uh, 70, 70 tops. Um, I've, I like 65%. Um, so at that, plus 190, I don't mind betting on Devin Clark here. Especially if you're not betting too much, you know, five bucks. Fuck it, why not? Uh, bet five bucks, ooh, you might get six in return. <laughs> Whatever. So now you got a free meal at Taco Bell. <laughs> you got a free five dollar big box at Taco Bell. Um, but uh, nonetheless, I'll be a good fight. Uh, to close out the early prelims, we got Trucier Formiga versus Alex Perez. Um, Juicier Formiga is 23-7 overall in his mixed martial arts career, ranked 4th overall at uh, 125 flyweight division. Uh, Alex Perez, 23-5, ranked number 9 in the flyweight division. So a couple ranked uh, contenders here at 125. Um, to close out the early prelims and get us into the prelims. Um, as far as Formiga, he's 35 years old, trains out of American Top Team. Uh, he's currently on a two-fight losing streak versus uh, Brandon Moreno and Joseph Benavides. I mean, nothing to hang your hat on there. Two uh, very, very legit guys as Benavides fought for the title his last fight. Uh, Brandon Moreno, up-and-comer, very solid guy. And very uh, thick, very big for that division at 125. He looks like, he'll, you know, when he's in there, 140, 150 pounds. Um, Formiga is definitely a 125-er. Um, he'd be, yeah, I think he's kind of undersized for 125. He'd be definitely undersized for 135. As far as Alex Perez, he is, uh, the younger fighter at 28 years old, and he's currently on a, uh, two-fight win streak versus Jordan Espinoza and Mark De La Rosa. Uh, he's 5-1 in the UFC, and his only loss was worse, uh, Joseph Benavidez. So again, nothing to hang your head on there. Benavidez last fought for the titles last fight, as I just fucking said. Um, and uh, Perez was on season one, week five of Dana White's Contender Series, I believe. Um, so this is kind of a, you know, classic case of the young up-and-comer on a win streak, you know, trying to break in the top five here, top three potentially, you know, vault himself towards a 
you know, title contention versus uh, Drusia Formiga versus the veteran who's been around for a while. He's been around the game, but he's currently on a losing streak and, you know, trying to keep that top five, top three title contention spot. Uh, so I think it's just classic story of that. As far as odds, they're currently sitting at plus 120 uh, for the veteran Formiga and the challenger Formiga. Uh, and Perez at minus 140. Um, and honestly, I like Perez in this fight. Um, I don't know about percentages. I don't remember too much of it, um, his fighting style, but I still kind of like him. I float around that 50 to 60% range. Uh, so minus 140 there, uh, not bad. But the betting sharks or what have you, the betting experts always tell you um, if it's 50-50 in your mind and it's 50-50 for the odds, or they usually just say if it's 50-50 for the odds and like it's a close fight, you have to bet on the underdog just because that's where the value is at. Um, but I don't know, man. I'm not an expert, and I've been losing money on this, so I probably shouldn't give give too much uh, advice. Because, hey, what's up, Darius? I see uh, you just gave me the host. Uh Appreciate you chiming in. Thanks for you in the chat here. Um, who I'm liking most in the next card. I don't know, man. I mean, I'm just going through these bottom fights at first. Just close out the early prelims. But I guess just off the top of my head, obviously like Amanda Nunez um, in the main card, clearly. Um, I think that fight is kind of the same story of when Ronda fought Holly Holm, though. And everyone was like, oh, who the fuck is Holly Holm? She's fighting a nobody. Um, but then Holly Holm head kicked her and knocked her out and the rest is history. Now, I don't think that will happen here, but I think Felicia Spencer is definitely a co tough uh, competitor, uh, tough contender. You know, her wrestling is very legit, but Amanda Nunes is very thick and powerful, got heavy hands. She's going to keep her away with that. Uh, I'm sure she can sprawl. She's Brazilian. She's got to know. I'm pretty sure she's black bone uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, so... Be a good fight. Um, as far as the rest of the card, this is Sunsal versus Garbrandt fight will be a good fight. Uh, those guys will just be throwing leather for the most part. Um, I think my favorite fight in the card overall, though, is Aljamay Sterling versus Corey Sanahagen. Two uh, contenders there. Aljo is uh, number two, and Sanahagen's number four in their divisions at 135, respectively. Um, so I think whoever wins that fight will get shot the next you know, get shot the title next. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that one. Neil Magny, Anthony Rocco Martin, that's a great fight as well. Magny's been looking fucking real solid his past couple fights. Yeah, I think Nunes will win. Um, I was saying earlier before you got on, um, I don't ever like to give 100% in fights because it can always be, you know, one punch knockout here or there. But this is pretty much as close to 100% as you can get, I think. Um, I don't ever want to, you know, 100% say that, but definitely 99.9999% she wins. Uh, Felicia Spencer's boxing is kind of amateur. Uh, her wrestling is very, very, very legit. But as I said a little bit earlier, I think Nunez is, Nunez is strong. Uh, she knows how to fucking sprawl. And like I said, she's black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, so there's no kind of reason why she uh, shouldn't be able to keep this standing and be able to knock her out. 
the first round, first two rounds, I'd say, if not the first. Um, Sean O'Malley, Eddie Wyland's a great fight. Sugar Sean O'Malley, the Sugar Show. Caceres, Chase Hooper. Heinish, Gerald Marishot, that would be a good one. Stamen Keller's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, Nunez is the scariest. Well, I mean, she's the greatest women's fighter of all time. She's, I mean, name anyone else who's in that contention or who's in that fucking, um, you know, spot of the female goat. Um, she's beat them all. You know, she's beat Ronda. She beat Cyborg. And she's beat them all by knockout. She beat Holly Holm. She beat Misha Tate. <laughs> I mean, she beat Chef Tank, Shevchenko twice. Um, I know, you know, besides, you know, the smaller girls, which she'd probably obviously beat just by being bigger, she's beat everybody. Uh, and I think she'd beat a lot of guys, too. <laughs> she's a scary girl, man. Uh, and she's probably going to do something scary again uh, this weekend. We'll see, though. Um... But yeah, as far as uh, I guess getting the prelims, get a little more and more into it. Uh, kind of already talked about the early prelims. Uh, so to start off, oh wait, no, that's the whole fucking main card. I was about to skip like four or five fights there. Damn. Uh, close out the early prelims. Uh, start the prelims here. The first fight of the prelims, middleweight bout, one eighty-five between Charles Bird and Maki Pitolo. I believe his nickname is Coconut Bombs. Which I believe is the best nickname on this card. Um, as far as Charles Bird, he's ten and six in his overall MMA career. Charles Kid Dynamite Bird, uh, he's thirty six years old, but he's he's fucking jacked. If you can see him on the video, the dude's fucking jacked. He's in shape. He's very young in his MMA career. He's only had sixteen fights, so he's not very weathered. He's not as weathered as most guys at thirty six, you know, that have been fighting all their lives. Um, Uh, he trains out of Fortis MMA out of there in Dallas. A very good camp there. He's got a, a lot of good guys to train with. Uh, but unfortunately, he's on a two-fight losing streak versus Edmund Shabazian, who's a great up-and-coming guy that we should see in the top 15 here soon. A uh, very solid guy. And he's only like 20 years old. Um, and then also lost first Daniel Stewart. Uh, fight before that, but Daniel Stewart, another legit guy. Been in the UFC for a couple years now. I think he floats around like 500. But... Uh, you know, nothing really to hang your hat on there in those fights. But he did win his UFC debut, so so far he's one and two in the UFC. This is Charles Bird. Uh, he was on uh, Dana White's Contender Series, Season 1, Week 1, and Week 6 of Season 1 as well. Uh, and he's fighting a guy that was on Season 3, Week 3, and Maki Coconut Bombs Pitolo. Uh, I believe he trains out of Hawaii. He's from Hawaii, uh, 29 years old. Uh, this is his second UFC fight. He lost his uh, debut originally. As far as odds and who I like in this fight, uh, Charles can dynamite bird is minus 170. Coconut Bombs is sitting at plus 150 currently. Um, I like bird, honestly. I think he's just the more, you know, both of these guys are kind of raw in their game and kind of early in their careers, even though bird's 36. Um, they both throw heavy hands, throw heavy punches, but I think Bird is probably just a little more 
little more athletic, a little stronger right now, and I think a little more well-rounded. So I like that minus 170 as far as odds makers. As far as betting my own money on it, I don't like putting money on that 170. I might fucking put money on that uh, on coconut bombs there just to land one of them coconut bombs <laughs> uh, and kind of finish the fight there to uh, you know, maybe get you know a couple dollars there. We'll see. Um, but that'll be a, a that's a pretty good fight to start off the prelims, if I do say so myself. Uh, as far as the next fight, uh, featherweight matchup. Between uh, Cody Stamen and Brian Keller. So as I said, a featherweight matchup. This is 145. Uh, Stamen, you know, usually fights at 35. He's actually ranked uh, number 12 overall in the band and weight division, 135 pounds. I guess he's moving up for 145. Uh, I don't really know the whole backstory of that. I'm assuming just because of short notice and he can't cut all that weight. Uh, that's my that's my guess. Um, but he's 18-2-1 in his overall career. That's Cody Stamen. Cody, the Spartan Stamen. He kind of does look like a Spartan. Or somebody you'd see in like Spartacus or some shit like that. Um, 30 years old. Trains out of Michigan top team. Currently 4-1-1 one one in the UFC overall. So pretty good success uh, early in his UFC career. Uh, he had a draw in his last fight for Song Yadong. Um... Which I think was a little controversial, if I remember correctly. If I remember correctly, I had money on Song Yudong. So, and I thought Stamen won the fight, if I remember correctly. So I was a little relieved when Yudong, well, I guess when it was a draw, I still lost my money. But that, I guess I didn't lose my bet entirely. Uh, but nonetheless... Um, Still look good in that fight. Um, and as I said, uh, Stamen's 4-1-1 in the UFC. His only loss during that time was against Aljamain Sterling, who fights later in this card and is a top-two guy at uh, 135. Uh, Stamen's had wins versus Alejandro Perez, Brian Caraway, Tom Dukinois, and Terion Ware. So very four legit guys there uh, for his four wins in the UFC. Four very, very legit guys there. Um, as far as Brian Boom Keller... He is, is that 32 or 33? It looks like 32 years old. Currently on a two-fight win streak, 5-3 uh, and three in the UFC overall. Um, and for his three losses, he's lost first uh, Montel Jackson, John Lineker, and Marlon Vera. As far as his five wins, uh, there's some decent guys in there, but it's not like big name, you know, kind of guys that kind of, you know, you would put on your fight resume like, oh, look, I beat these guys, so I should get paid more money. Um you know, not trying to diminish him, diminish him, obviously, this guy would still probably knock me the fuck out easily. Um, but as far as picking this fight and the odds, uh, I really like Stamen, but he's sitting at minus 270, so not too much value there. Um, Brian Keller's sitting there at plus 230 in the uh, underdog spot. You know, always got punter's chance, but I, I really like Stamen in this fight. Um, and nonetheless, it will still be a good fight. Um Talk about good fights. This next fight will be a good fucking fight. Between Ian, the Hurricane Heinish, and Gerald GM3 Mershot. Um, Ian Heinish is 13-3 overall. He's currently ranked number 13 in uh, middleweight division, uh, 185, even though he was he on a 
losing streak. Even though he's on a two-fight losing streak, still still in the ranking spot. So doing something right if you're on a losing streak and still in top 15. Um, but he joins out a Tiger Muay Thai there in Thailand. Very, very illustrious. <laughs> very uh, popular camp. Uh, very uh, well regarded in the, in the fighting community. Um, uh, and his two uh, losses he had in his last two fights have came versus Amari Akhmedov and Derek Bronson. So very two legit guys there in the middleweight division. Um, the Hurricane Ian Heinish was on the Contender Series season two, week seven. That's kind of where he kind of started his popularity. Um, if you know his backstory at all, he was uh, previously incarcerated in prison for several years. You know, I forget what he did. I think he might have killed somebody in self-defense, but. Um, you know, still went to jail for it, and, you know, kind of, obviously, his life spiraled out of control there, uh, he said he was addicted to drugs, I think, as well, but, you know, kind of found fighting in prison, and kind of redeemed himself, and now, you know, on a big stage, and making money for himself and his family to survive, and, you know, support his family, and all that good stuff, uh, it's a pretty cool background story, if you want to look into it more. Uh, as far as GM3, Gerald Marshot, 30 and 12 in his overall career, uh, 32 years old, fights out of Rufusport here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, uh, 6 and 4 in the UFC overall. Uh, he won his last fight versus Darian Wynn, round 3 submission, very good fight, uh, just kind of, you know, kind of just fucked Wynn up, just very good fight. I could say a lot about that fight, honestly, there's a lot to get into, but I don't want to get too, too much into it. Uh, but then he's all, he lost his last fight versus Eric Anders, but then won the fight before that versus Trevin Giles, but then lost versus Kevin Holland and Jack Hermanson. So although Mershot's 6-4 and four in the UFC, he's, um, he, you know, that's 500. But, you know, the guys towards the top tier, every time he's kind of fought like the top tier guys, it kind of, oh, you beat this guy, you might have a ranking towards your name, uh, you know, the next week or whatever. Uh, he's always kind of come up a little bit short. He's just, you know, not able to get over that hump or that level. Um, I don't know if Heinish is that quote-unquote next level, but I think he's a little more... I don't know, it's a very interesting fight. I, he's definitely more... Mm, he's more powerful. His striking is definitely more powerful, more dangerous. I don't know if he's more technical. Gerald Mershot's very technical, very technical, skilled grappler. If he gets to this, gets to the ground, you know, I was gonna say he might have his way, but I don't think he'll even have his way just because Ian Heinish is so fucking strong. Um, I think this is, this will be a classic, classic fight of you know, the powerful striker who can brawl, you know, sprawl and brawl and knock you out with one, you know, strike or you know, couple punch combination. Versus the guy that stays technical, you know, he's used Gerald Mershot has pretty good striking. Um, you know, go back and watch a Darren Wynn fight. Um, even though he's much longer than Wynn, you know, so he could he could touch him when Wynn couldn't. Um, his striking, he doesn't he doesn't gas himself out with the strikes. He doesn't put everything in his punches, so it's very calculated and technical, crisp, straight, sharp punches. Um, so, and he knows how to condition himself. You know, he's been grappling his entire life. I'm pretty sure he's a black belt, very solid grappler. 
can out grapple most in this division besides like the top top tier guys like a Darren Brunson. Um, so yeah, I think this will be a case of is Ian Heinish going to go out there and knock him out in the first round or early second round, or will Mershot kind of survive it? You know, kind of keep him at keep him at length. You know, use his technique and kind of pick away at Heinish and then take him down. You know. Uh, you know, just get pressure on top of him, kind of drain his tank, and then eventually gas him out, and, you know, eventually you have his way and either get a TKO from ground and pound or uh, a simple submission. Um, so I think, if, you know, before I started, you know, kind of nitpicking and detailing it in my mind and explaining it, I really liked Heinish, especially at these odds, but now the more that I'm, and the more, I don't know, I like Mershot's game, even though he hasn't always came out the best first guys that are very powerful you know and they're striking um so i don't know um it's kind of kind of a toss-up uh, and heinish is at uh the hurricane ian heinish is at minus 130 currently at the favorite gerald uh gm3 mershot at plus 110 and i don't know as i said kind of earlier the betting sharks the experts on betting are always like if you think it's 50 50 and the odds are kind of a coin flip always go with the underdog you know just for value sake um and i think i might go that way uh come the night of the fight but we'll see it was a very very good fight there i really really like that fight why did my mouse just get a super big um oh this is a good fight as well kind of a classic matchup as well um here to close out the prelims versus Alex Alex Caceres and Chase Hooper. Um, this featherweight matchup at 145. Excuse me, need some water there. Alex Bruce Leroy Caceres is uh, 15 and 10 overall in his mixed martial arts career again this is at 145 uh caceres bruce leroy uh is 31 years old i uh, did win his last fight versus steven peterson uh, i saw like a tender series as a nice little uh superman tattooed on his chest um but then lost to crow and gracie before that but around one submission you know gracie is just jujitsu wizard uh and caceres is uh grappling is very uh not amateur, but it's not in the, you know, it's clearly not to the level of the Gracie black belt. Um, and Gracie name. Um, but Caceres Bruce Leroy, man, he's been on the roster, UFC roster since 2011. You know, since he was a fucking, you know, 2011, so nine years ago. Since then he was 20 almost, 2021. 20, uh, since then he's been 10, 10 and 1 in UFC, so exactly 500 to Winston losses, one draw. Um... You know, he's a very, he fights just like his nickname, Bruce Leroy. Very karate, kind of exciting, a lot of kicks, a lot of exciting stuff. Um, a lot of times doesn't always get the job done. Not very technical. Uh, he's very long, so it works for him. But when it comes to grappling, he's not there. And I think that won't build well for him versus Chase Hooper. Uh, Chase the Dream Hooper is 20 years old. Uh, jiu-jitsu, I was going to say phenom, not really phenom, you know, he's just very good at jiu-jitsu, and he's long uh, uh, himself, he's actually longer than Caceres, Caceres is 5'10", Chase Hooper 6'1", 
Uh, he's got a one inch reach advantage over him. This is a 145. So very long and lanky guys here, but it's a long lanky striker versus a long lanky grappler. Uh, Chase Hooper striking isn't really great, but um, he utilizes it well to get inside and you know get the grappling, his grappling game going. Um, Hooper won his debut versus Daniel Tamor, which is fucking, which uh, was a great fight to watch. We can watch that again and see this kid's full potential. That is a great fight to watch because um, Tamor is a fucking legit guy. He's been around for a little while. He was a, he got some of the best skills in the UFC period and was a very highly touted prospect coming up. Um, but Hooper, you know. Tamer striking is legit too. Hooper, you know, kind of sustained the striking, kind of went with him a little bit in the striking, but then once it got to the ground, even though Tamer was clearly the bigger and stronger, you know, and actually a man, I think he was like 30 years old now, or at least it was close to it, whereas Hooper's 20. And when you're 20 years old, you don't have any of your, I mean, you still have strength, but you have none of your man strength there, you know. you got to build that adult strength, that man strength. Um, and you're still able to hold uh, Tamer down. You know, is the bigger, kind of stronger guy. Um, so I'm, I'm thinking we'll do the same here for Caceres as far as odds. Caceres plus 160 at, at the underdog. Uh, Hooper minus 180. I think those odds are probably right. So I'm not really liking them as far as betting on. Again, Caceres could always kick his head off and get the knockout. So that's a good little thing if you like the underdog there. Um, but we shall see. And that closes out prelims still have a whole fucking main card to go and I'm like 40 45 minutes into this bitch uh, I hate talking so much why do I do this I don't know because I like it fucking weird um I hate talking but here I am talking for an hour straight once a week <laughs> um yeah <laughs> Here we are at the main card opener between Eddie Wyland and Sugar Sean O'Malley. This should be a good fight. Again, uh, main card, this is a pay-per-view event. You'll see 250 uh, will be between you know Nunez and Spencer to headline. Uh, but we're opening up with Eddie Wyland versus Sean O'Malley. This classic, classic uh, veteran gatekeeper to the up-and-comer with all the hype. And let's see if you can, you know, get into the gate, homie. Uh, Wyland's been around forever. 24-13-1 in his career. Uh, 35 years old. Made his de UFC debut all the way back at UFC 128. So fucking 100 and almost, I don't fucking know, man. 125 events later. 122 events later. Uh... That was back in March 2011, so he's been in the UFC almost a decade, and he was a former WC champ uh, for a couple. Well, he was only a WC champ for one fight, won the fight, and, uh, didn't defend the belt. Um, but you know, he's been fighting for a long ass time. Um, he's been six and seven in the UFC since, so kind of out of his prime since he came in the UFC. As far as Shugashan O'Malley, this kid hasn't even reached his prime yet. 25 years old, trains at an MMA lab there in Phoenix. Arizona, 
uh, 3-0 in the UFC currently versus uh, last fight versus Jose Quiñones. Fucked him up, knocked him out in the first round. Jose Quiñones is a very talented guy, very uh, quick, straight, sharp, quick striker. Um, and O'Malley outstruck him, fucked him up. Uh, then beat Andre Sukumtop before that. He broke his fucking leg or his ankle or something and still beat him. Was hobbling around on one foot, still beat him. Uh, and beat Terry Onware before that. It was also a very hyped up prospect. Uh, O'Malley first got his hype and, you know, renown in the contender series. Kind of blew up the contender, contender series scene with, you know, he's just a very uh, gravitating personality. He did go on Joe Rogan's podcast at one point say almost a year or two ago now uh just a very likable kid you know um i'm 25 years old myself i you know if me and him were we went to the same jiu-jitsu class we'd probably end up being friends smoking weed all the time before and after class and shit um but you know very legit guy very very uh exciting to watch as well and undefeated still at 11 and 0 so he's got all the confidence in the world and the MMA world and the fucking Vegas and the betting odds makers got all the confidence in him because he's sitting at minus 500 to plus 400. And I like O'Malley in this fight, but those odds are insane. Those odds are insane. Um, Wyland, as I said, is a veteran, been around the game forever, kind of seen it all. Uh, he still had heavy hands himself. Um, so I think that's a little disrespectful as far as the odds, but O'Malley's legit, man, and he will have a four-inch height advantage and three-inch reach advantage. Um, and both these guys are more strikers, so I think O'Malley's the more technical and more diverse and exciting striker. So I think it's his fight all day. I like it 95%. I don't like it 99. I like it 95, though. Um, as far as the next... Fight is between Neil Magny and Anthony Rocco Martin. So 170, uh, welterweight fight. Neil Magny looked really, really sharp in his last fight. Um, I bet against him in the last fight. I feel terrible for that. Um, Magny is 32 years old, 22 and 8 overall. Fights at Elevation Fight Team there in Denver, Colorado. Um, I say looked great in his last fight versus Ying Ji Lang. Um, hope I said that right. Probably not, though. Um, Yi Jing Lang looked really good coming up. He had heavy strikes, heavy punches, and you Neil know, Magny was kind of on a losing streak there. So I thought, you know, it would kind of be the same. But Neil Magny kind of reinvented himself. And I think he went on a UFC Unfiltered podcast with uh, Matt Sarah and Jim Norton. Um, and he was talking about the mental side of the game and his approach to his fight camp. And after, I already placed my bet, but after he fucking said that shit, I was like, damn it. He's going to come out and you know, fucking kill it. I don't know what it is. Every now and then. Excuse me. You know, I say, I think this a lot. I don't say it a lot. But, like, you can tell a lot from mental or how a person speaks on the lead up. And, like, sometimes you can tell, oh, my God, they have turned the corner. They are going to, you know, fuck this person up. And you believe them. So then you pat money on him, blah, blah, blah. But then a lot of times you believe them and then they lose and they look like shit. Um, so I don't know. I think it's just that you remember the times when you do believe them and they win and more than you remember the times where you believe them and they lost, where I think that feeling is probably 50, 50. It's not really a special, special feeling. But after that, I do remember, but the reason I remember is I remember, you know, Magni, 
he got and got me to believe that he had reinvented himself during that interview on UFC Unfiltered. Um, and I, uh, I was a little, uh, can't think of the word, but I guess a little discouraged in myself that I already bet money against him. Wish I could take it back. But nonetheless, uh, he looked good in his last fight, uh, and this man's been around forever. Um, that's why I th thought he was going to lose his last fight. He's been around forever. He's a tough 16 contestant, you know, debuted all the way back in UFC uh, 157. Uh, 50, 15 and 6 in the UFC career. So, I mean, pretty solid, but a lot of his losses were his last, you know, couple fights. So, I thought he was in the downtrend. I thought he was going down, you know, at 32 years old, a lot a lot of ring, not a lot of ring rest, but a lot of mileage in the ring. And I thought, you know, maybe his body was starting to break down too. But nope. Flip the coin, flick, flip the card or the deck or whatever. <laughs> um, right back at it. And he's fighting uh, Anthony Rocco Martin, who's 17-5 in his overall career, 30 years old, out of ATT. Very exciting fighter. Kind of wild uh, in his uh, in his uh, approach. Um uh, but he's been around for a while as well. Debuted back in UFC 169. Uh, that was back in February 2014. So been in UFC for about six uh, over six years now. He's been nine and five uh, since then. So all his losses came from the UFC. So he's had to grow and I guess mature in the UFC. Um, so as Magni, and we'll see who has proved more as far as the fight and the odds itself. I like Magni for both. Uh, Magni sitting at minus 140. I like Magni straight up in the fight, no matter what the odds are. Um, he's just a longer, more technical striker, more athletic too. Uh, he'll have a three-inch height advantage, and at six-three, Rocco's at six foot against at welterweight one seventy, uh, eighty-inch uh, reach. So he'll have a seven-inch reach advantage, where Rocco Martin's at seventy-three. Magni likes to keep the distance and use that reach, so I think that'll play well here. Rocco Martin likes to kind of brawl um, and throw leather, so I don't know if they'll be able to reach him. Magni's you know, footwork is kind of impeccable too, so it'll be be an exciting fight to watch. Um, it'll be close um, as far as my odds. I like Magni about seventy five percent in this fight, eighty percent. Um, so I might play some money on him since the odds are pretty close there, close to even. Um, that's a legit fight potential uh, fight of the night candidate candidate. Um, next fight is between Aljamay Sterling and Corey Sandhagen. And honestly, this is the fight I am most looking forward to personally myself. Uh, I think it's a little disrespectful as not in the co-main event, considering the co-main event is the same weight division, except those guys are ranked lower than these two guys. I don't get it. Um, I get Cody Garbrandt is kind of a bigger name because he won a championship belt against Dominic Cruz at one time. But at the same time, I think Al, they got to push Aljamain Sterling, man. He's so exciting to watch. You know, he's a black guy from Jamaica as well. You know, very, very uh, great personality, great in interviews, has his own podcast called The Weekly Scraps. You know, he's out of the fight camp of fucking Matt, Sarah, Ray Longo, two very, very exciting guys and very exciting in their podcast themselves. You know, uh, Matt, Sarah with the UFC Unfilter. Ray Longo does the Ray Longo Minute with uh, Anik and Florian podcast, which is very, I really like that podcast because, uh, uh, Kenny Florian is very technical. I think he's the most analytical and technical guy as far as uh, MMA analysis there is today. Um, I think it's kind of a shame ESPN or somebody hasn't picked him up as like, uh, you know, to do f 
post-fight analysis or pre-fight analysis or desk work or something because he, he's one of the best and even if got people don't know who he is today i mean he's ultimate fighter one contender he fought in the finals versus diego sanchez you know he got fucked up versus diego sanchez because diego sanchez weighed like 40 more pounds than him but you know very legit fighter uh, never won the belt but very legit fighter during his time you know it was kind of always a smaller guy you know, could have used a 35 or 45 pound division, but, you know, it was always that, you know, they didn't have that back in the day. The lowest they had was 55. Um, and I just went on a rant about Kenny and Florian. Back to these fights. Uh, <laughs> as far as uh, these fights, Aljamain Sterling currently ranked number two at 35, Bantam weight, 18-3 overall in his career. Um, Aljamain Funkmaster Sterling, uh, 30 years old, so right in his fucking prime. Uh, as I said earlier, fights out of Sarah Longo there, I believe in Long Island or somewhere in New York, wherever they fight, a bunch of Long Island, New York guys. Uh, Funkmaster is on a four-fight win streak over Pedro Minos, Jimmy Rivera, uh, Cody Stamen, and Brett Johns, all very four legit guys, and he's been around the game for a while too, made his debut back at UFC 170. Uh, which was back in February 2014, so over six years ago now, uh, and he's been 10 and three in the UFC since. Uh, as I said, very legit. I like watching him fight; very exciting. Um, a lot of times, he likes to use his striking, his distance, um, but he has also very uh, legit jujitsu. Uh, knee barred, knee barred Rivera or Munoz? I can't remember. No, he knee barred Stamen. Um, so he's got very. Very good uh, jujitsu as well. He trains with Matt Sarah. Matt Sarah is one of the best jujitsu practitioners and teachers in the MMA community. Um, as far as uh, Corey Sandhagen, also also very very legit guy. Twelve and one overall in his uh, MMA career. Twenty eight years old, fighting an elevation fight team there in Denver. He's on a fight, seven fight win streak over Rafael Sunsau, John Lineker, Mario Bartista, Uri. Alicantra and Austin Arnett since he's been in UFC. So uh, since he's been in the UFC, he's been 5-0, and oh, uh, you know, had his only loss, you know, back uh, in the regional scene or the more, uh, not as professional, you have, I guess the smaller organizations, what I should say. Um, this is a very legit, very, very fun fight. Um, a little surprised by the odds, though, here, though. They got, well, no, never mind. I was reading it backwards. Uh, Sterling is the favorite at minus 115. San Hagen is at minus 105. So very even odds here. Kind of flip of a coin. As far as the fight itself, it's kind of a flip of a coin too. Um, as I said, I like Sterling that he reaches or uses his reach and his striking. He's got very good striking, uh, very uh, fluid and um, very technical, but also very explosive and dynamic at the same time. Um, but he will be the shorter guy. He does a one-inch reach advantage, but he gives up four inches in height. So I think it's kind of even in that category. As far as Sandhing, he's got very good boxing. He uses his reach very well, but he doesn't have the reach advantage here. I'm not too confident about his ground game and what that entails. Uh, let me go through the guys he's fought. He fought in Sun Sao, Lineker, Bautista. So he's fought some guys that are decent in the ground game, or at least... You know, our veterans of the game and know how, you know, to grapple. You know, I'd have to go through all those fights and see his grappling work and nitpick it here and there. Um, but I don't know. Very, very 
close fight. I like Alger about 60%, um, and I like him about 70 if it goes to the ground. Um, I don't know. I probably will stay away, though, from as far as putting money on this just because the odds are so close. You never know. And there's no underdog. Like, there's no, like, plus money there. Um, or no plus odds there, so it's kind of, no matter who you bet on, you're lose, you're not even breaking even. So that's a little tough. Um, as far as the next fight, which is the co-main event between um, Rafael Sunsau and Cody No Love Garbrandt. Uh, Sun Tzu is 27-7 and seven in his overall mixed martial arts career, uh, currently number 5 in that um, Bantamweight division. Cody Goldburn is 11-3 overall in his career, number 9 overall. Um, Sun Tzu is 37 years old, fights out of Ascension MMA there in Georgia. But he's currently on a two-fight losing streak versus Corey Sandenhagen, who's fighting previously. In the previous fight, and Marlon Marais, two very legit guys in 135. Uh, uh, Marais was a title contender. Uh, Corey Sanani could be a title. Well, he's a title contender, but if he gets this win over Algernon Sterling, he might get the title shot next. Uh, as far as a Sun Sal, back to a Sun Sal. Uh, made his debut all the way back at UFC 128, March of 2011, almost a day, decade he's been in the UFC. Uh, 11 and 4 overall since then in the UFC. He made his de pro debut overall back in January 2004. So this guy's been fighting for I'm assuming I'm gonna guess about two decades because I'm sure he's had some amateur fights and then was probably fighting before he even started training, um, as most fighters did, especially back in that day. Uh, he's been fighting professionally for 16 years, which is just insane. As far as Cody, no love Garbrandt, uh, 28 years old, fights at a team alpha male, but I think he kind of left, but is still kind of training there. But he's now, his head coach is Mark Henry. He was just a genius trainer. Um, you know, he's um, Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson's trainer, and kind of, or no, is that Matt Hume? Fuck, I can't remember. Both guys are geniuses. Um, so we'll see how he looks and if he has a new game plan and actually can stay fucking focused you know when he gets hit with a big punch in his last couple fights he's on a um three fight losing streak versus pedro munoz and uh tj Dillashaw twice been knocked out all three times devastatingly because every time he's been clipped and you know kind of stunned or rocked with the punch he just comes back it's like it's like a movie he just sees red once he gets hit you just sees red and then he just starts swinging these heavy fucking punches and yeah, they're heavy, and they've clipped guys and kind of hurt them too. But as I said earlier, you know, the straighter punches will get there first more than those loopy punches. Um, that's basically how he lost his last three fights. Um, you know, before that, he had been defeated overall, 11 0 in his career. So now he's 11 3, three straight losses. We'll see where his confidence is at. He. he he doesn't seem like a guy that would get uh, discouraged. I'm sure he's been discouraged and kind of hit a little depression since then. But I know his, uh, he had a son that was born, um, you know, so I'm sure he spent a lot of time with him, at least hopefully kind of bringing him back. Um, and I think training with Mark Henry will definitely help out his mental game. Um, I don't know. He doesn't seem like a guy that could ever be, uh, you know, actually 100% defeated to me, at least mentally wise. Um you know, he's got all the talent in the world, as we know. He beat Dominic Cruz back in December 2016. Outstruck Dominic Cruz. 
which is just insane. You know, Dominic Cruz, some of the best footwork in the game and striking, just staying on defense and not getting hit. That's his whole game is not getting hit. And Carbrandt just kind of stood there in the pocket, kind of let him do his movement. And just when he came in, just kind of fucking, you know, was just the faster guy and just landed the strikes before, uh, you know, um, uh, Cruz getting out of the way. It was just, it was, it was awesome great performance i didn't i thought garbrand was legit and had the potential you know to be a championship later in his career i thought it was too soon for him to fight cruz but proved us all wrong now i i want him to prove us all wrong again and and in this fight um you know kind of move move back up there because he's a good guy to hold it for a uh, very nice humble guy um, as far as the odds himself, Asun Sal is sitting at plus 125, and Garbrandt's at minus 145. Um, it's kind of even there. I don't know. You don't know who's going to show up as far as Garbrandt. Like, if he does get tagged again, does he just throw out all his training and, you know, game plan out the window again? I don't know. My guess is probably. Um, but you don't know until we're there, so we'll see. Uh, so I don't really like betting on this fight. Um, see what happens, man. And to close it out, I'm almost potentially done. I'm so fucking hungry. Just hit an hour or two. Kind of perfect timing. Not too much left to say about this fight. Kind of um, when Henry, when Dejuris Darius popped in here with the chat. Asked me if uh, Amanda Nunes will win. I'd say, yeah. I got Amanda the Lioness Nunes all day. 99.99%. Uh, she's 32 years old. Trains on America Top Team. Currently on a 10-fight win streak. 10-fight win streak. And six of them were championship fights. First, Jerain Durandame. You know, one of the best female kickboxers of all time. That Iron Lady. Iron Maiden. Um, Holly Holm. Head kicked Holly Holm. Same way Holly Holm head kicked fucking Ronda Rousey, uh, which was insane. Didn't even know Manny Nunes had head kicks. No one did. I don't think Holly Holm even did. I don't think her trainers even thought because she didn't see it coming. Just whoosh, knocked her the fuck out. Uh, before that, devastated Chris Cyborg. I remember watching that fight. That was having the most hype in a long-ass time for a fight. And that was like the first was that the first fight of 2020 or 2019? Had to be 2019. Yeah, definitely. And, yeah, definitely 2019. And she just fucked up Cyborg in 40 seconds. It was unbelievable. That's when she was crowned in everybody's eyes. The greatest. And then she fought home. It's like, beat home too. So now you're the greatest. Oh, and randomly. Okay. But before she beat Chris Cyborg, also fucked up with Kyle Penny team. Beat Valentina Shevchenko. Fucked up Ronda Rousey and fucked up Misha Tate. She just beat everybody. She's been all the legends of the game. Uh, and she's been around for a while. It took a little while. You know, she debuted back at UFC 163 back in August of 2013. So it took her seven, you know, a couple years to get up there. Um, but she's 12 and 1 in the UFC. And her only loss was versus Katz and Gano back in September 2014. So a year after she made her debut. Since then, she's been fucking everybody up. But um, as far as Felicia Spencer, Felicia Phenom Spencer. It's kind of funny, uh, the nickname spelling for Phenom, it's F-E-E, capital N-O-M, Fee, nom, 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 Fee, like you have to pay a fee to somebody, and then nom, 
And I'm guessing it's Nam because she likes to eat. She's a little chunky. Um, which is why she's fighting at 145. She's 5'6". And you know, she probably could lose 10 pounds and fight down at 135. But, you know, it is what it is. Uh, she's 29 years old. Fights out of Jungle MMA out of uh, Orlando, Florida. Uh, she's a former Invicta champ. Uh, currently 2-1 in the UFC. Won her last fight versus R. Farm Dos Santos lost versus Chris Cyborg, but did not get. I mean, she kind of got fucked up. Um, but didn't get finished versus Chris Cyborg, and pretty much everybody gets finished versus Chris Cyborg except for Amanda Nunes. You know, these are the only two women to. Which, I mean, she's been beat before, but in recent memory that have been to withstand uh, Cyborg, and you know, she stood there for all five rounds, and you know, took the damage and just kept coming forward. She never, her will never faded. So I think that will be the biggest thing in this fight. Um, and before that, she fucked up Megan Anderson and took her down fucked her up. Um, as far as the fight itself, Nunes has 2-inch height advantage. Only 1-inch reach. Uh, this is at 45 featherweight event, uh, main event title fight. So 5 rounds. I think both cardio will hold up. Um, I think clearly... This is striker versus grappler matchup. This is, it's not, I mean, Nunes is definitely more of a striker, but she is well-rounded MMA mixed martial artist. She knows how to sprawl and brawl. She's black belt in jiu-jitsu. There's no way she doesn't know how to fight off her back or at least, you know, use escapes and hip escapes, blah, blah, blah. Um, Felicia Spencer is a great fucking wrestler, probably top of the game in the women's division. Definitely 145, considering there's like three girls at 145 right now. Um, I said earlier when Jarius hopped in the chat and hopped out, but he asked me who, or I don't know why, but this fight has the same feeling, the same feeling back in the day when Ronda Rousey fought Holly Holm. And back then everyone was saying, you know, me included, because I wasn't crazy into UFC or mixed martial arts or the fight game at, at this point. And I remember... I remember being in college at JMU, and the fight, I knew the fight was going on, and I was just first getting into UFC big time. It was like when McGregor was first coming up. So I was just starting to watch, like, all the first cards. And, um, I remember not wanting to watch, or going to a party and skipping watching the fights, because I knew Ronda Rousey would win. I just knew it. I knew it was kind of a waste of time. I was like, who's this Holly Holm chick? She has no chance. Um, and then I remember my friend Grant texting me, um, the night of that fight saying holy shit holly holm knocked out round a rousey second round head kick i was like what no way and then i remember like the next day or maybe even that night whenever i got back to the crib i looked it up found it on youtube the whole fight i watched the whole fight getting to end was just like wow wasn't even close how did i not see this coming and it's not the same, same in that, um, you know, I know who Felicia Spencer is this time, but it's the same as far as the public perception is. Everyone's like, who the fuck is Felicia Spencer? Amanda Nunes, greatest 
women's mixed martial arts of all time. Same thing they were saying about Ronda Rousey, who the fuck's Holly Holm. Um, you know, Spencer has no chance. No chance. Uh, why even make this fight? How is this the main event? This bullshit main event fight is not going to last past a minute, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I think it's the same in that respect. And that the height, the, the lead up is kind of same. Everyone's kind of like, uh, this is a shitty card. You know, the main event's a shit main event. I don't think it will be. I think Felicia Spencer is tough as they come. And I still don't think she'll win. But she definitely has a shot. If she can take her down and hold her down for five rounds, she has a shot. Um, I don't see Amanda Nunes getting held down for five rounds. Especially there early in the first you know, maybe if she gets tired, but then she's going to be slippier and sweatier as the as the shit goes on, so I don't know. Um, would I be very surprised if Felicia Spencer won? Yeah. Would I be... Would I say, oh, there was no shot and she had no route to victory? No. She has routes to victory. Now, if she has less routes to victory, and it's going to be hard to get there, especially versus the GOAT and Amanda Nunes, but... Anything is possible, my friends. Anything is possible. And cannot wait for these fights. Uh, it will be a great night of fights all together. Um, I don't think I talked too much about those odds, did I? As far as odds, Nunes is minus 650, or Spencer is at plus four, 475. So unless you really like Spencer and you just want to bet a couple bucks just in case she pulls a crazy upset um become rich off of one fight i would kind of stay away from this i would stay away from betting on nunes too even if you think this is a thousand percent her fight um i think it's never wise to just putting that much money on those odds but don't listen to me i've lost most of my money from betting not most of my actual money, but money for my betting account. And as far as anything's possible, anything is possible, I'll leave you guys with this. God damn it. I'm supposed to light it. It's supposed to be cool. Love you people. Thanks for, uh, for those of you that supported that opt in here for a second. Special shout out to, to Jury Asterius as always for the host and the comments. If you see this on YouTube later, you'll see that his comments are actually put in the uh, the chat, so that's pretty dope. No pun intended. Um, shout out to the random guy that hopped in here for a second. Um, yeah, just shout out to all my friends, my family, my loved ones. Love all you guys. Appreciate all the support. Uh, just with my life. Not even with this crap, this streaming and broadcasting crap and creating <coughs> videos and, you know, just having conversations with, with people and blah, 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 and talking about shit. Um, I don't really ever expect this will generate any source of income or any kind of way of life or lifestyle, but Nonetheless, I like to do it. It's kind of an excuse to eventually grab my friends and talk about, you know, get them in a close set and be like, hey, let's actually talk for an hour. 
you know, talk about some shit instead of just all the bullshit where you're always talking about your job and your bills and this, or, <coughs> I don't know, you know, you can only talk to <coughs> very few in today's society. There are very few avenues where you could just, you know, and one or two other people could just sit down locked in together and just communicate your ideals, you know, without distractions. Um, so that's why I kind of like doing this, especially with my ones with the friends and even just like doing these Kyle high club or the fight, uh, fight clubs. Cause, um, I don't know why I'm just obsessed with fights. I think it's the ultimate test of your manhood, test of life, test of everything. I mean, it's the closest you can, you can come between life and death without, you know, in a sanctioned legal event. <coughs> I just enjoy it. <coughs> As I've gotten into the sport, you know, it's kind of still a very, very new sport to me. Only recently, recently got into it, you know, the past two, three years, you know, kind of hardcore, um, and then watched it, you know, a decent amount for the past five years or so. You know, it got me into wanting to, you know, punch this punching bag behind me just because I'm like, fuck, I'm, I'm a 24, 25 year old man and I don't know how to throw a fucking punch. That's fucking sad, bro. And, uh, in the beginning when I first got this thing, it was fucking sad. It was the fucking shittiest, weakest punches ever. I couldn't, I couldn't hit the fucking bag with a bare fists, I had to have hand wraps, gloves, you know, just from stopping from hurting my hand, you know, breaking, you know, getting little breaks in your little, uh, you know, hands or along your wrists, um, cause you don't hit straight, especially on a new bag, it's pretty, uh, hard, it's, uh, break your fucking hand or your wrist. So I definitely felt like a bitch, but, uh, you know, just like everything in life, it's just repetition. The more and more you do it, the better you get. Now, I'm not gonna go and I don't ever want to fight anybody or pick fights with anybody, but I have like the semi-confidence, at least in knowing that I can semi-defend myself. You know, at least someone's running at me, I could throw some fucking, throw some straight hands and, you know, hopefully they come all unprepared, or not unprepared, but all just chaotic and they throw the loopy strikes and I'll just stay, I'll just stay in here. I'll stay fighting a phone booth. Whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. As far as with fighting the phone booth, and I'll just <laughs> um, and then taking a little jujitsu too, you know, on the back end of that, that is super huge, important. I feel like everybody should at least, I don't know, get six months to a year of jujitsu in. Dang, joint went out. I guess that's time to call it. I kind of want to finish it outside anyways. Again, appreciate the love, everybody. Till next time. <clears throat> hmm, what will be next time? Let me see. When are next events? Next event, I versus Cavillo. Jessica I versus Cynthia Cavillo. That's a headliner. Five-rounder, five literally next weekend. Um... Probably won't talk about that fight, these fights too much, honestly. 
I don't know if I'll even have an episode. Probably not. I might just... What I will do is I'll either... I'll either do a review podcast solo or do a review podcast with some buddies or some friends or my brother. Um, Yeah, I'll do that. I'm going to try... Yeah, because I haven't done one with some friends. I haven't done a regular Kyle High Club episode, but, you know, it will basically be a Kyle High Club episode, but it will be under the Fight Club moniker just because I will primarily try to direct the conversation towards the fights. Um, but we're obviously going to go off in tangents and stuff like that. Um, you know, if I get my ideal of who I would actually want to sit down and talk with uh for this in the future but we'll see we'll have to see if my friends actually even watch the fights so we'll see again appreciate the love i'm just rattling because i'm high and caffeinated and starving all right peace love you bye